Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio. I think I've done that intro about 90 times now. That sound about right. My name is Matt Sin. I'm here with B-Dubs, my beautiful wife, Carol. Hello. And from WWE What If, future WWE manager, recently back from her trip to the Philippines, Miss Rain. How you doing, Rain? Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Excited. Excited about this episode. I know. We've been talking about this like ever since, uh, I think, like right before I left for the Philippines, I think. So it was like last Uh year. Yeah, this one's been in the works for a long time. Mm -hmm. And we just haven't had a chance to, you know, really do a lot of round tables. And we started it about a month or so ago. And I knew this is one of the first ones I wanted to do. So this is the round table for the state of women's wrestling today. And I wanted to do it with ladies because I have an opinion. But why does my opinion matter? I'm just an old white man. So <laughs> so I, w- I really wanted to know what you guys thought. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. We're going to talk about WWE and AEW. We'll talk a little bit about NXT. We're going to talk about how women's wrestling has changed. And my lovely wife, when she came into my room today, because I was zonked asleep, and she, I said, hi, sweetheart, what have you been doing this morning? And she said, I've been doing research, watching these miserable terrible Brian Penny's matches because she's never seen any before. And I said, well, you didn't have to watch them. You know, you know that they exist. And she's like, well, I wanted to know what they actually were about. And uh, yeah. How was, how was that research this morning? It was miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to dive right into that. So in the attitude era, really, really even older, but we're not going to talk about old wrestling but in the Attitude Era, there was not much for women to do. And bluntly, women were told not to wrestle like men. And they had mostly models. And a lot of their matches, they would just rip each other's clothes off. And everyone loved it. And this was a time in the Attitude Era where it was all about drinking, swearing, sex. It's a very, very different type of wrestling than the WWE that we all know and love today. Low and potentially love, like <laughs> understanding of what it is today. But it was, it was a very different wrestling show. You know, your biggest stars were Stone Cold Steve Austin, who swore he was rebellious. He stuck up his middle finger and everyone cheered him. And then you had The Rock, who constantly talked about sexual innuendos, basically in every one of his promos. You had guys like Mankind and Terry Funk who would take barbed wire baseball bats and slice each other's heads open. Again, very different product than we have today. So we're going to talk about how women's wrestling has changed over the last 15 to 20 years. And I want to start with these sexy matches. So you had brawn panties matches, you had evening gown matches, you had ROTC matches, which is rip off the clothes. Now, B-Dubs, since you watched it this morning, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on those matches. First of all, I when you describe them as broad matches, I thought that was just a description. That's actually what they were called, and I didn't realize that until mm-hmm. King was calling the match and mm-hmm. said, "This is a broad panties match," yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, like- <laughs> that's that's actually what it's called." And that, it, yeah. Um. So first of all, I expected to see no wrestling, but the ones that I kind of previewed, I just skipped around. Yeah. But what I could see, they were wrestling. Um. To an extent, but yeah, I'm not a fan. It just depends on the match. You know, you had certain people like when Trish and Lita were in the ring, even if they were stuck doing these terrible bra and panties matches, or people like Victoria, um, they would they would still wrestle because they could. And when you had people like Candice Michelle or Tori Wilson or Stacey Keebler who couldn't, so that's kind of what they did. Now, were you exposed to this kind of match when you watched Wrestling Rain? You know, um, I saw, um, I, I don't want to say a couple, I saw a bunch of it too when I started watching wrestling. And yeah. I remember thinking to myself, I was like, this is how women wrestle? Like, right. I, I don't see a guy taking their clothes off except when, you know, they're trying to like fight, but not like in a way that women would fight in like a bra and panties match. Yeah, not in a sexually suggestive <laughs> way. Right? I've never seen two dudes like, you know, rip off each other's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, why do people or why like why would women 
be engaged in a match like this. But then it goes back to, like you said earlier, in the Attitude Era, it's all about, you know, drinking and swearing and sex. And And rebellious attitudes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly what it is. And at that time, you know, obviously I don't think WWE was PG because they were able to do that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I think like those bra and panties matches, they're just like there to attract male viewership yep. and, you know, to, ex- I don't want to use the word expose, but I can't think of a better word, <laughs> but I think to, you know, I guess show off, there you go, to show off the beauty of their female talent. I'm trying right. to like, <laughs> I'm trying to like <laughs> phrase this properly. <laughs> I understand. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like there so, was a little bit of wrestling, but you know, it, it's not yeah. like, you know, I, to me, it was more of like a bar fight to be honest right. with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You know, they had bikini contests just like they did over spring break. They had like, uh, oh, what was it called? I don't know what it's called, but it was basically like they filled swimming pools up with like mud and gravy bowl matches and stuff. Did, mm-hmm. you, did you see any of those, honey? No. Yeah. And so like they would, you know, roll around in this, giant gravy bowl and their clothes would cling to them, which is just gross. Like, I guess some guys might like that. That was never, nope. I don't have any interest in seeing women totally brown covered in junk. That's just disgusting. But I, I as a teenager, not gonna lie, I'm like, this is very interesting. These things that are happening on my television, but it didn't matter because my dad, who is a minister said, you cannot watch world wrestling. <laughs> So I didn't get to watch it anyway. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Um, but it wasn't really, it was never really my thing. And then as I got older, my wife and I started watching wrestling in twenty late 2010, early 2011. About the time, you know, John Cena was really big. CM Punk was really hitting his stride, becoming champion. And during that time, in that time you had like model style wrestlers, right? So you had your Kelly Kellys. You pointed mm-hmm. out the Bella Twins, honey. Had Alicia Fox, you yeah. had Candace Michelle and Tori Wilson, and you had ladies like Victoria, who was a lovely lady and is attractive, but was made out to be a joke because she didn't have that perfect model body. And yeah. Natalia had the same way. Natalia went through this phase where she was farting. That was that was her gimmick. She just farted, and everyone else is like, "That's disgusting." It's because Natalia, who is not unattractive or fat in, in, by any stretch of the imagination. When you put her up against, when she's standing next to Kelly Kelly, she looks overweight because she is bigger than Kelly. So they're like, oh, she's big. Let's just make her fart, which is so disrespectful and ridiculous. And most of those women in that timeline could not wrestle. Now, some of them could. And you have people like Trish Stratus, who was a real trailblazer and started out as a model and then really worked her butt off and became an actual wrestler. But it's, and I've, I've said this many times in the show, you know, Carol said when we started watching wrestling again last year, she said, wow, it's amazing that women are all different shapes and sizes now. So Carol, when we started watching wrestling in 2011 and you saw all that, all those women that basically looked exactly the same, what would you, what would you think about that? I just remember that we didn't watch the matches. We yeah. would watch Raw every Monday night, and when the women's match, with the Divas match, which yep. we don't call them Divas anymore, when the Divas match would come on, we would be, even we, we were like, ah, this is a joke. And we yep. wouldn't pay attention to it because either they weren't really wrestling or they were just throwing punches and hauling each other around and screaming at each other, yep. or it just wasn't interesting. And I actually, I asked myself this morning if I was mis, maybe I was generalizing and misremembering. So I, I went on YouTube and I just searched WWE 2010 Divas and I found a, a couple of matches. And yeah, they, all these girls come out and they look exactly the same. They have the same hair. They're wearing the same clothes. They're all the same size, except for Beth Phoenix and Natalia, mm-hmm. who are just a little bit bigger of girls. But even then, it just, it all blended together. Right. They all look the same. And you have a few of them who can actually wrestle. And then the rest of them are just sort of there. Yeah. And they're there for eye candy. And they're just there to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess looking, going back to the, what it was in the Attitude era, era and what it was even 10 years ago, like as a woman, 
I might be thinking, what do I have to aspire to? Right. If I go into wrestling and I go into this major company that is the company for wrestling, really, what do I have to aspire to? What's the point? Right. So I don't know. That's my opinion. Okay. What about you, Rain? Did you watch wrestling in that time? Yeah, I did watch wrestling around that time. Um, actually, to piggyback what Carol said, I remember when I first moved to the States, because I was so into WWE, yeah. I thought of joining like a pro wrestling like um, league just to just so I could learn the skills and you know get into WWE one day. Yeah. But I remember watching these matches that showed women in almost nothing. Um, I was like, well, this is not just about you look good or you have to look really good. Yeah. You have to have that behavior too that they're showing. Right. And I was like, I don't want to subject myself to do that kind of thing in right. front of a camera to be seen by these people. Yeah. So to me, I was like, I love wrestling for wrestling, not exactly. to, you know, show off my body. So at that time, I was like, well, I guess, you know, it's either you do that kind of thing or you just don't pursue it. And right. so I remember, you know, going into um, around like 2007, 2008, like WrestleMania. Yeah. I remember like those back to back years. Might be 2006, 2007. I can't remember, but their consecutive years of the year before it was Ashley Massaro, rest okay. in peace, by the way. Um, she was promoting her Playboy cover, and that was her gimmick going into WrestleMania. That's why right. she had a match at WrestleMania. The year after that, it was Maria, and same thing. You know, she was on the cover of Playboy, and that was her ticket, I guess, to being be at wrestlemania 24 and i was like so is that like the 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 thing now you have to be a playboy model to get to wrestlemania mm. but it's like it's wrestlemania for a reason it's about wrestling not right you, you know be a playboy model and then you will be at wrestlemania and then also like the matches too at wrestlemania during that time for women i mean i remember being um at WrestleMania, I can't remember remember which one, but when they started showing off the um, the women's match, I heard someone say, "Oh, bathroom break." Yep, that's how it used to be. Mm -hmm. That was why they would put they would have the two world title matches, and they would do one. Then they would have the women's match, mm -hmm. which between the entrance and the match itself, all in all, would be about eight minutes. And then they'd have the actual main event world heavyweight championship match. It, that was very commonplace back in the WrestleMania, the, the 20s, the late 20s, mm -hmm. and the early 30s. And, and didn't really change until about three years ago when the four horsewomen really, you know, changed the perception of women's wrestling in the WWE. Yeah, I mean, the last couple of years, it's, uh, it's really wrestling. Like, I found myself wanting to see women's wrestling at WrestleMania because I knew this is not just going to be, you know, Hey, this is the obligatory women's match at WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. And, and that's how it used to be. You know, you would say, okay, we have to have a women's match. Let's give them three or four minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to show you the difference. So the very first WrestleMania of the 2010s, this is WrestleMania 26. There was one women's match and it was a 10 diva tag match. It was Alicia Fox, Layla, Maurice, Michelle McCool, and Vicky Guerrero versus Beth Phoenix, Eve Torres, Gail Kim, Kelly Kelly, and Mickey James. That match lasted three minutes and 26 seconds, and it was the only women's match on the entire pay-per-view. Wow. That's mm -hmm. WrestleMania 35 for last year, and you had three women's matches on the show. You had one on the pre-show. It was a 17-women women's battle royal. Carmella won that at 10 and a half minutes. Then you had a fatal four-way tag team match for the Women's Tag Team Championship. Mm -hmm. That was the Iconics versus Bailey and Sasha versus Nia and Tamina versus Beth Phoenix and Natalia. And that lasted 10 minutes and 45 seconds. And then it was main evented by Becky versus Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte for 21 and a half minutes, main eventing WrestleMania. And in a decade, that turnaround has just been insane. Mm -hmm. 
But the reality is that started at WrestleMania 33 with Sasha versus Becky versus Charlotte. I think is who it was. I know Sasha and Charlotte were in that match. I think the third one was Becky. And uh, it, it was just an incredible turnaround, turnaround for women's wrestling. And the reality is the Indies and Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor, they've been doing this for a long, long time. Matter of fact, Gail Kim left the WWE because she was being treated like a sex object. Mm-hmm. And she went to TNA and Impact, and she became one of the greatest women's champions of all time. And then she came back to WWE and then left basically immediately after because she was just so unhappy. And it's just amazing how, you know, WWE always does things behind the ball. They did the Attitude Era late. ECW started that. Degeneration X was really just a ripoff of the NWO. And they're finally giving women their due when it's been, you know, women's wrestling has been successful for a decade or so now, more so than that, maybe even two decades. And they're just latching on in 2017. Mm-hmm. And a push in other parts of culture, not just wrestling, but other parts of our culture in America to get women on equal footing where we're being respected and being treated seriously and taken seriously. That's that's a little late in the game if it's only been a couple years. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I think they're late in the game because they realize that that's what actually the fans want now. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, It's it's. So if, if you look at it, I guess, in a business perspective, like WWE is probably the most powerful wrestling company as of now. And I think they got to that point because they mostly tried to go with pop culture or what they think pop culture is. Right. Um, you know, I guess like with the Attitude Era and then, you know, now with like the whole women's evolution, you know, the whole give divas a hashtag, give divas a chance thing. Yep. They always said, and to quote, I don't know if it was, if it was Stephanie McMahon who said this or Vince McMahon, they wanted to give the fans what they want. Yep. Why? Because they know that's where the money is, you know, to yeah. give the people what they want. And I think that's why they're late now because maybe they were stuck in that mindset before. And you know what, you know, around this time, this is still what the fans want, you know, like women, like, you know, and, and, bras and panties matches and and then they realize no people got exposed to other types of uh women's wrestling and they've seen that you know what we actually want better and right when they when wwe realized that they started this whole campaign of you know what we need to give women the spotlight the women's evolution and the reality is a lot of the women have really run with this you know, obviously you have Charlotte and Becky, who in my opinion, and you two correct me if I'm wrong, I think are the only two major female superstars in WWE. Now, there are other stars, Sasha, <laughs> Bailey, Asuka, but I think as superstars, Charlotte and Becky Lynch are as big as any of the men, other than maybe Brock Lesnar, right? You two agree? I think so, just because if you see how they, 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 they I feel like they broke barriers too. Right. You know, I've seen like ads of um, or commercials of Becky Lynch on um, on ESPN, like for SportsCenter. Right. And, you know, if you think about it, um, especially for Becky Lynch, she didn't just stay in a WWE box. Like she also managed to, I guess, um, go to these other uh, media outlets and, and, and show off not just, you know, her being as a wrestler, but hey, you know, I'm a female and I'm the face of the company right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you had a few that were coming up that could have been a superstar like Asuka, but then they kind of did her wrong. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about that or not later. But yeah, I agree. I think when Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch steps out anywhere, um, it's as big of a deal as seeing John Cena Correct. or anybody at that level. Yeah. Just like we were talking about a couple weeks ago when The Rock was on the debut of SmackDown, you know, when he was out there with Baron Corbin and Becky Lynch, yes. Baron Corbin looked like a giant nerd, which in fairness, <laughs> he was kind of supposed to be. But Becky Lynch looked like a superstar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when you have people stand next to The Rock, even if they're a big star, like you have Braun Strowman out there next to The Rock, Braun Strowman is not going to feel like as big of a deal. He's just not. Seth Rollins is not going to seem like as big of a deal. 
Becky Lynch did. She seemed like she was supposed to be there. And yeah. I, I think that there's only, you know, maybe four or five people in the entire company that can say that right now. And because I think there's a the lack of stars in WWE as a whole, but let's, let's keep the focus on women's wrestling. So as far as the current lack of superstars, you know, I think what's, what's going wrong with the, the women's division right now is you have Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair and the rest basically. And they're not really focused on storylines right now. You have that weird mm-hmm. Lacey Evans, Bailey, Sasha storyline going on. You know, the tag titles are basically worthless. I mean, luckily Oscar and Kyrie Sane are two very talented wrestlers, but you know, when Bailey and Sasha had it, they were supposed to defend it on all three shows, which included NXT. That did not happen. Uh, the Iconics won it and they were on TV, I believe three times and they held it for like four months. And now that Oscar and Kyrie Sane has it, you know, it's, it's again, Oscar might be my favorite female wrestler in all of WWE, but the reality is it's just a backstory. You know, Asuka's the star, Kyrie Sane is a star, but the tag mm-hmm. titles are nothing. And right now, Asuka's actually going after Becky Lynch's singles title. And it just doesn't really make sense to me. I think they need to have more storylines for women, especially ones that don't involve belts. What do you think, Rain? Yeah, I think so, too, because it's like, I feel like I just see, like, the other uh, female superstars backstage, or they just pop pop out randomly when someone says, oh, yeah, who wants to come out here and challenge me you know, for a match? And I'm like, okay, we did this last week. Can we try exactly. something else? Because <laughs> you don't have any, you don't get the payoff, you know, if, if, right. if there's no buildup to a story. So those random, you know, challenges to, to face off someone, it's, it's so old. Like, we, yeah. we need to get invested into a story that people would care about. Perfect example, Becky Lynch, hence, you know, headlining WrestleMania last year. Yeah, right. yeah, I agree. I think what you said, we saw this last week, is happening a lot. It's either the same match with the same people over and over, mm-hmm. but we're I've forgotten at this point, weeks later, why are they feuding? What what is the problem? Right. You know, why are we upset? Can we just get along? But it's like we're just kind of seeing the same stuff over and over. And you know there's other people back there who could come out and wrestle. Let's give them a story and give them a reason to. Um, like you said, making it more engaging and give us something to follow so that there is a payoff worth seeing and being excited about. (laughs) And I think another good example is Lacey Evans, who was this dastardly, terrible heel and called the fans nasty. She was just a horrible person. And then on a dime, it's like, I was a Marine and I'm a mom and everyone should cheer me now. And no, that's not how it works. If you want us to get invested in a character either turn her slowly or give us a reason to give us a reason to cheer her. And the the handling of Lacey Evans has been very unfortunate. She was brought up too soon. She couldn't wrestle even though her character was out of this world good. And now that she's mm-hmm. somewhat improving in the ring, she's in this awful storyline where she's supposed to be essentially this this huge just patriotic mother where a month ago she was this horrible human being and it, <laughs> for literally no reason. Yeah. And it's just very, it's very frustrating. So if, if we were to elevate the WWE women's division and we'll talk about NXT briefly, but if we need to elevate the, the WWE women's division, B-dubs, what do you think that they need to do? Pass. Come back to me. <laughs> come back to me. <laughs> yeah, come back to me. <laughs> All right, Rain, would you, if they want to, if we want to elevate the WWE women's division, what would you do? Uh, Can I get a lifeline here? (laughs) (laughs) It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, this is difficult. Well, see, for me, honestly, I love Becky Lynch. However, I think she needs to give up the title. Yeah. Because I, I think she's the face of the company for a while now. And I, I think she will always be one of the faces of the company. I mean, like John Cena, he is not wrestling anymore, even The Rock, but I feel like when you say The Rock, when you say John Cena, oh, yeah, people always think, oh, yeah, they used to be, they were wrestlers before. And I think it goes the same, you know, for Becky Lynch. She doesn't necessarily need to have 
the title to be seen as the man. Right. So I think, personally, I think she needs to lose the title to kind of spice things up. Yeah. Because I feel like, okay, you've proven to us that you are the man. You know, you headline WrestleMania. You you are a history maker. But I feel like you. I need to see something else from her. Um, and I think that would spark something different in the WWE. Because right now, WWE is riding that Becky Lynch spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and, 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 you know, they're going to ride it out till the end. I know that. That's what they did to John Cena. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With all those Make-A-Wish stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and at some point, you know, fans started hating Cena. Right. Because they were all the company was all about John Cena at some point. And I don't want that to happen to Becky Lynch. And it will. I mean, the WWE fans do that historically. They hated Roman Reigns. They hated Seth Rollins, which a lot of that was due to writing. But Rollins was due to writing too, so let's be fair. But a lot of times the hardcore wrestling fans turn on a superhero-type character. Mm-hmm. That's a good and point. I don't know if that'll happen to Becky just because she's so anti-establishment and people generally like that type of character. But it, it could happen. I mean, like Bailey. You know, you have Bailey, who's really yeah. just there for the kids. Yeah. Um, and everybody's, oh, Bailey. And then she turns heel, and mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I think it's working. And Mandy, yeah. I've never been a Mandy fan, ever. I'm the opposite of a Mandy fan. Yeah. But I like what's happening. And because they didn't do it abruptly. Yeah. There, There's like this little thing going on with Otis, and maybe she likes Otis, or is she using Otis? We're not sure, but something's yeah. happening, and we're creating depth of character. And it's not just... Mandy, I'm prettier than you, which is fine, but she needs more. Right. She needs more. And so she's suddenly, there's more. There's something mm-hmm. else that's mm-hmm. happening with her. And the same with B- Bailey. It's not Bailey. I like hugs, which is fine, but we need more. And so I think that to me is depth of character and uh, not being static. Okay. Things need to be happening. But I'd say the same thing about the men, like Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a dweeb. Okay, right. we get it. Do something else. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be on a dime. Yeah. It's okay to take time with it, but let's do something. And they did. They took three or four weeks, which yeah. isn't long enough, but it was mm-hmm. better than what they usually do where they just decide to change their mind. And he's a face. Oh, he punched Kevin Owens. He's a bad yeah. guy now. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where with Lacey Evans, they're trying to do something a little different, but they did it wrong. Yeah. Like they, she came out and I'm like, wait a minute. Is she supposed to be a good guy now? Yeah. If you and the audience are going, huh? Wait, did I miss an episode? Exactly. That's a problem. Yeah. That's bad right. Yeah. So just talk briefly about NXT before we move on to AEW. I think there's been some real issues with bringing up NXT stars. And obviously there are exceptions and the four horsewomen are the main exception. But mm-hmm. let's talk about Asuka first, who was the NXT champion for 520 something days, longest women's champion of all time or longest NXT women's champion of all time, did not lose the title, gave it up because she moved up to the main roster. And then you have Kyrie Sane who moved up and instead of doing something with her, they threw her in a tag team. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Yeah. Just because Oscar didn't have anything to do. Oscar, one of the biggest stars at the time in all of women's wrestling. They're like, we ain't got nothing for you to do. You're Japanese. Let's tag you with this other Japanese person. And they've done the best they can with it because they're both so talented, mm-hmm. but I hated it at first. And now it's a little better. And I want to talk about one more, and there's there's a bunch of examples. I despise what WWE has done with Ember Moon. They've basically put her out there. They've never pushed her. They've never done anything with her. Last time when she came back from her injury, they ba- they basically made her look like a dork. And it's just so unfortunate because not only is she amazing, mm. she's a minority, which is cool because you don't have a lot of them in women's wrestling. She doesn't look like a supermodel. And that's not a slide at her. I'm just saying it's nice to have someone that doesn't like a supermodel. And she might have the coolest finisher in all of oh, the yeah. WWE. It is that is so cool. It is a rolling stone cold stunner, guys, off the top mm-hmm. rope. It's freaking awesome. And then I just, it's like the WWE has put everyone but Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in this corner. And even though they're trying to elevate this division, they just don't know what to do. Yeah. And it's frustrating. So, honey, what do you do? You think 
that they should have done something different with any of these women? Yeah, absolutely. I think the Asuka Kairi Zane team is unnecessary because yeah. both of them were awesome separately. Incredible. And yeah. we didn't need a tag team that says that to, I, you just don't need that. We didn't need two awesome people and put them on a tag team together. And now you're going, well, but, but, but Asuka was coming up as something, as right. a superstar yeah. on her own right. She was. And that should have happened and it didn't happen. It bottomed out because yeah. they did this. And Ember Moon is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and I want her on TV every week and I never see her. Where is she? Yeah. So. Right now she's injured. Yeah. That's but, why. But, but even when she wasn't, but she even wasn't then, on TV. She wasn't on TV enough yeah. and she has a lot of charisma mm-hmm. and a lot of presence mm-hmm. in the ring and she should be, she should be out there. Um, so, yeah, it's funny, the shift from NXT to the main roster. I mean, if I was on NXT at this point, I don't know if I would want to. And a, a and lot of them are saying that. Yeah, yeah. So, Rain, you can speak on any of them you want, but as our, our resident Asuka superfan, <laughs> so, what do you think about how she's been handled since she came to the main roster? Oh, my God. Poorly. And I... Yeah. Honestly, that's the reason why I guess I am here today <laughs> because I, <laughs> because I, the thing is, I, I, I remember starting my, uh, my videos, my WWE videos, and yeah. they were all about, um, this character that I have created of being Oscar's, um, uh, manager, like, like how Paul Heyman is to Brock Lesnar, because right. I, when Oscar got into the main roster i always felt that she she didn't get the the, the right storyline she didn't get the, the the spotlight that she deserved and part of me felt like maybe because you know it, because of the language barrier it could yeah. be that like you know because it seems it seems that there's two things that could go that would go really well for, for a professional wrestler the ability yeah. to fight in the ring, or I guess to perform in the ring, and your mic skills. Right. And Asuka, Asuka is such a great wrestler, mm-hmm. but I I don't know about her mic skills. Yeah. And I would say I, they're great, but she can't speak English well. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, so, yeah. you know, to us, it's like, when you hear the fans say, what, 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 to me, right. that's a negative right away. And how do you fix that? Same way how how Brock Lesnar has Paul Heyman, yeah, and that's why I came up with my videos. Yeah, you know, I was you know speaking as Oscar's manager, and 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 I figured that that might help for her when um, Paige came in. But then again, it was Paige, Oscar, and Kyrie Sane, which, like you mentioned earlier, what's the point of bringing these two together? Yeah. I think they work well together, but at the same time, it took Asuka out from the spotlight that she deserves. Correct. And Correct. especially uh, last year, going into WrestleMania, Charlotte Flair just randomly challenging Asuka for the SmackDown Women's title because she wanted a ticket to WrestleMania. Yep. I was super mad about that. Yeah, it was dumb. Because, yeah, because I thought Asuka deserved that 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 spot too at WrestleMania. Not that yeah. Charlotte did not deserve it at all. I just thought it was poorly planned, or the whole build-up. I guess maybe this there were only three you know spots, and it was Becky, um, Ronda Rousey, and you know I guess they were deciding if it's gonna be Charlotte or Oscar, but yeah. they figured you know Charlotte could be i mean shot transcends into other uh places too outside of wwe so yeah and she's a flair too and she's really good too so but i was like man oscar lost her spot you know mm-hmm. and ever since then i just i don't know i felt like they forgot about how much they hyped oscar before right. she got into the main roster yeah and she was brought on as a superstar, and I think she was right there. I don't know if she necessarily should have lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think she should have lost to Charlotte before the WrestleMania Triple Threat, but that's a that's a whole other story. So before we move on to AEW, um, let's talk about representation in women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about it briefly, but as far as everyone doesn't like a model anymore, 
And as a matter of fact, if you go through that roster, there's not... I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, well, maybe the Iconics, that I'm like, yeah, the, that those girls are specific models. Like, you have girls like Alexa Bliss, who's lovely, but, you know, she's like five feet tall. She's not the, you know, Michelle McCool's or the Kelly Kelly's, the Brie Bella's that of the 2011s. So, honey, I'll let you start first. What do you think about, you know, having women of all different shapes and sizes? The first thing that comes to mind is we have that with the men's division. Right. So it just... Otis! Otis! It just seems natural. natural. We have men who are Rey Mysterio's size, and we have Brock Lesnar's size, and all these things in between. Mm -hmm. So I I just think it's like, okay, that's what it should... That that makes sense. People come in all different sizes, and there shouldn't be a... When you have a group of people, of 20 people come out on stage and they're all the same, there's clearly a standard. Correct. That didn't happen by mistake. There's nothing wrong with someone being one particular size. I'm not, we're not criticizing that. We're just saying, okay, clearly there was a standard. There right. was something that they said on purpose. So this is like, okay, that's been taken away. I think it looks like that standard has gone away. And we are now saying who can wrestle, who has charisma in the ring, who can, the crowd over you know that that's what we're looking for would you like to add to that rain yeah um you know i i I love how like when you look at like you know the women's roster it's not just you don't feel bad about yourself i guess (laughs) you know because it's like you actually you feel like okay these are like regular women on tv you know like it makes you feel like okay you know, the um, definition of beautiful is not just about looking like these models. Right. Like you you can be beautiful in any way, shape, or form that you want. Um, You know, and and seeing um, these women now compared to before, to me, it's like, oh, wow, we've we've gone a long way. And Uh not only that, it helped with the storyline too. Yes. Because if you look back, because before it's all about you know supermodels and like Playboy models, their storylines were were what they're like yeah. Vince's devils. Yep, basically. You know, and now I can't even think of a storyline like that lately in the WWE. No, there hasn't you know. been. You know, that, the Lana I could do without the Lana Liv Morgan stuff. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that you know, as far as just a straight women storyline, no, I mean it's it's mostly. A competitive, a competitive thing. Yeah, and another important part of storytelling is that your audience is able to find themselves in your story. Right. So when you present all of these possibilities and all these choices, you're giving your audience members a chance to say, "Oh, that's me. That's me in the story. Right. I see myself in this character. I see myself in this minority. I see myself in this uh, this feud. Even something that they can connect with." And all you're doing by adding variety, all you're doing is giving yourself a chance to reach more people. Yeah. So that's always a good thing from a storytelling perspective. Yeah, I 100% agree. So very briefly, we'll talk about NXT. And when you have Rhea Ripley, who's the current champion, Shayna Baszler, who's a two-time champion, held it forever, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, Tony Storm. I mean, I could keep naming women in NXT that are all stars. NXT, in my opinion, has the greatest women's wrestler in all of major women's wrestling. And I I think that in time, that will bleed over into the main roster. I really do. So we'll see how that goes. But let's move on to, um, let's move on to AEW a little bit. And so... AEW has had an issue with the women's roster. You know, when they first came out, they said, hey, you know, men and women are going to be paid equally. Um, You know, it it doesn't matter of your gender. It matters on how big of a star you are. I don't know how they're they're keeping that pay. But what's important is they haven't been doing a great job building the women's roster. And AEW has been around on TV since August, I think, is what it's been. And, 
they've really struggled. I mean, AEW has legitimately struggled with women's wrestling. And they, as far as building stars, you know, AEW had the elite. They had uh, Chris Jericho and John Moxley. And Darby Allen stepped out as a superstar. Mm-hmm. You had Luchasaurus, who's a superstar. You have Pac, who is kind of known, but not really, as a superstar. And there's been one woman that stepped out as a superstar, and that's Riho. And the reason she stepped out, and a lot of a lot of WWE fans hate Riho because she's about 14 pounds. But we saw AEW live, and these kids, guys and girls alike, were freaking out over her because they could see themselves in her, just like they did with Rey Mysterio 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now the rest of the roster has really struggled, and they've done better recently at building. They've got Chris Statlander, who looks like a big deal. They got Hikaru Shida, looks like they're about to turn Britt Baker heel. So they're building it more, but there's a lot, there's a lot more to unpack and a lot more to do. So I think it's fair to say they lack focus and direction. Now, B Dubs, I know you're an AEW, you're our AEW expert of the two of you. Oh my! So tell me, as far as focusing on the women's division, like, do you feel like it lacks focus and direction, or am I just reading too much into it? I think what they've done well is, you know, they've started it up with a good group of women who have a lot to offer. Yeah. But I don't know that they're using them well. Like Awesome Kong stepped out and we went, Karma's here. Mm-hmm. But they haven't used her very well or no. very much. And this new thing with Brandy, not a bad thing, but they're still not using her. Right. So, um, and it may just be that it takes some time. We do have some people who are new to the scene, like yeah. Britt Baker, who's new to this, and she's doing great. But it, and the push, I don't know if the push for the women is is as equal as it yeah. is for the men. I mean, you have things like, um, what's the show called? Dynamite? No, uh, the YouTube. Being the Elite? Yeah, Being the Elite. Is, I mean, I think most of the that is focused on the guys yeah. and, and kind of the nonsense that they get up to. And that's fine because that's kind of what the show's about. Yeah. But even so, that's an example of you're not representing your women as much yeah. as you could. So it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's, it just kind of feels like it's new. Like with the guys, they've got a really good handle on it really quickly with yeah. Luchasaurus and and that and that group, Jurassic mm-hmm. Express, and you've got Moxley, and you've got Jericho, and you've got all this these people with history um, that AEW fans know these people, yeah, or these brand new people who they pushed and they got them over really quickly, yeah. Where with the women, it's just like you said, there are a few of them that are really over, but it doesn't feel the same, right? So it's almost like they just don't have it nailed down quite yet what they want out of the women's division. Yeah. So I think it's off to a really good start, and we didn't regress to That's the good. nonsense mm-hmm. from the Attitude Era and stuff like that, because they could have done that. They could have said, well, we're doing yeah. PG-13 show, out of the shoot, we're doing stuff like wrapping bats in barbed wire, so why not have women in bras and panties? Yeah. But they didn't do that. So that's big points. Okay. So I know you have uh, limited experience with AEW Reign, but what do you what have you thought of the division so far? You know, from what I've seen so far, I I'm at, I'm I'm glad, and Carol mentioned it. I'm glad that they didn't go into the whole you know um, WWE thing of of selling uh, women like yes. in their shows. I think that's a good thing. And and looking at their women's roster, AEW's women's uh, women roster, I think they have so much talent. They do, but I I think the challenge here is is because they have so much talent. Where do you put where do you put them? Because how long is the show every every week? You know, two and, hours. And, so two hours, and if you're gonna give most of your airtime to the men and just have like one, you know, obligatory women's match, how can you show off the talent that you? Tell people, hey, you know, we acquired so and so, and da 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 da, who's like a you know great wrestler in the indies or whatever. How can you show off these women if you don't give them the airtime? Yeah, they don't need yeah. to take up everything. It's just you know we, you need to give them the spotlight too. Yeah, and it's very rare for AEW to have more than one women's match on a show. 
I think it's only happened once or twice so far in the 16 or so weeks Dynamite's been on the air. And I think they really missed the boat with hiring a lot of women. You know, AEW likes to, you know, they have their established stars, so they want to hire new people, men and women, that people haven't seen. But I think that's a mistake because they need to hire one or two big indies women stars. And I think that it would help out a lot. I mean, Awesome Kong was obviously well-known, but she's in her 40s now, and her body's beat up. She's been wrestling her whole life. She's focusing on her acting career. So I think that it would be significantly better if they said, oh, I can't believe that they missed out on Mercedes Martinez, who was in the women's wrestling, or the AEW Women's Battle Royal, and they didn't sign her. And I just, they got it. They got to hire at least one or two more people in um, in women's wrestling this film. They hired B Priestley, and they haven't done anything with her. Exactly. So, and she was a well-known, you know, indie wrestler. She's known in Japan. She was known in some of the smaller uh, American promotions. And I just, I, I feel like they're kind of wasting her talent. So, if and I know we've already kind of touched on this, but B-dubs, if AEW really, they want to elevate the women's division. And they want to put it up on that pedestal with the men's singles and the men's tag team division. Because they've done a great job of the tag team division, too. And no other American company really has, in comparison, especially not WWE. What do they need to do to elevate that division? Again, having a clear vision. This is what we want to see. And then work backwards from there. How do we get to it? And that vision should include, I think, because AEW was very vocal about we're going to listen to the fans. And we care about what you guys want. I think they need to go to the fans yeah. and say, okay, so what do you want out of the women's yeah. division? And then we work backwards from there and get to it. Okay. Um, it just seems, it seems a little haphazard. Like yeah. they just don't have a plan of attack. Yeah, I agree. What do you, what do you think, Rain? You know, for me, I feel like whenever I catch up on AEW, I always just see Brandy Rhodes and her promo with, um, right. And it's not that she's not great, unfortunately. Like, I love Brandy. She's a nice person. She's working very hard, but she she does struggle with her promos. Yeah, and I feel like it's, can we also let other women, like, do their promos? Because at some point, I was like, is she the only one who can, like, do promos here? Because I feel like every time I watch the show, I see her talking. I mean, out of all the female wrestlers there. So I feel like, you know, maybe... Again, it goes back to like airtime, maybe some more uh, spotlight for women, not just in wrestling, but also in promos. Because again, we want, we want, um, I guess, the audience to feel more invested into mm-hmm. the storylines because that's how you would make them, you know, feel engaged and would want to see it. I mean, example will be, I guess, the twenty four seven title. Yeah. I thought it's like the most stupid thing ever, <laughs> but. <laughs> But because I feel like week after week, there's always this thing we're in. You know, our through our truth is always being chased by someone. You're like, okay, well, who? Where is he going to run to next? Who is chasing yeah. him? And he's I, so entertaining too. Yeah, but to me, it's like, okay, okay, this is stupid. But then again, <laughs> it got my interest. You know, because yeah. it's like, yeah, because I got invested in it. And I think you know, simple things like that. You know, it doesn't. I mean, that's not going to take more than five minutes of your air time. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That just springboarding off of that. We, we need to un- know them a little bit more. We need right. to know these girls and what it is that they want. And I, and we're not getting enough of that. Yeah. We see them and we're being told about them, mm-hmm. but we need to give them a chance to connect with us. Yeah. And I think it's fair that the men are getting more airtime now because the big stars that were brought in were all men. So I can understand when you have a brand new show, you want to highlight Chris Jericho and John Moxley and Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega. And I understand that. But at the same time, I do think that they need to do something to, even if it's just on dark, you know, it needs to be on TV, but even if it's just on dark, show a promo of, you know, here is where Riho came from. Oh, look at Hikaru Shida training. You know, this was what she was 20 years ago when Emi Sakura was training her and when she started. Not 20 years ago, but you know, you know, understand what I'm saying. So I do think that they do need to build these characters of the women other than, look, Sheeta's a really talented wrestler and she's Japanese. Like, okay, let's tell me a little bit more about her because right now Sheeta's my favorite in AEW and I really don't feel like I know her all that well. Mm-hmm. 
So I completely agree. So Rain, I'm going to let you start. We're going to have some closing remarks. So do you think women's wrestling will ever be as big as men's wrestling? And if so, when? If not, why do you not? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, I'd like to say yes, but I think it will take a long time. Yeah. Um, my example will be the uh, women's all women's pay per view last year called Evolution. Yep. Not last year. Sorry, two years ago. Yeah. And you would think WWE would continue on with you know that campaign of you know women need the spotlight whatever right. you're still all women's pay-per-view no they didn't put an effort to have another evolution pay-per-view last year right so to me i hope this whole um power that's been given to the women of wrestling won't just stop at you know this this campaign of empowering women yeah, I, I think it should be a continuous effort because women are not just there to be eye candies. Women are there to fight. We've, we've been through, we're done with those years of, of women just being eye candy. Right. And I think we've seen a lot in the last couple of years, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Oscar, you know, um, the AEW roster, NXT, women have proven that they also deserve that spotlight in the business. And I hope that it will just be seen one day as, Hey, wrestling. And then you, people won't just think of like men wrestling, yeah, but it would also think of women wrestling too. Okay. So honey, same question. Do you think men's wrestling will ever, women's wrestling will ever be as big as men's wrestling? If so, when? If not, why not? I don't. I don't want to be pessimistic. I feel like it won't be for a very long time, if at all. Yeah. Um. I just think things change. Obviously, things can change quickly. I mean, we're talking about a span of ten years. What mm-hmm. we've seen in ten years, so it's possible that ten years from now we could see a big difference. But like with anything like this when you're trying to if you're talking about you say as big as men's wrestling so equality you can't say well we had a all women's pay-per-view and well we have a superstar we have becky so we're there you can't do that you you always have to be pushing and pushing to get there um and even if you the writers think well we've arrived you're going to lose that ground very quickly if you stop pushing. So I think they're always going to have to push. Yeah. Unfortunately, even if they get there and we go, okay, we're there. You know, the stigma for wrestling is wrestling and it doesn't matter the gender and it doesn't matter. But I think if they stop pushing, it will just slide backwards. I really do. Yeah. I think that historically in other areas of culture, that's what happens to mm-hmm. women. If we stop pushing and, and, and fighting for that level of sameness between the genders, the women are the ones who fall backwards. And it's not, it doesn't have to be anybody's fault. That's just kind of the way things seem to go. Um, so that's my thoughts is that if we can get there, we can't say, well, we've arrived. We can kick back and stop trying. They're going to have to continue to keep the fight up. Yeah. Okay. See, I get that. And as a dude, I'll tell you, I don't care about gender, race, religion preference anything as long as you can go in the ring that's what i want to watch and that's why i think you know you have such a and women's wrestling has only been good in wwe for about three years now i mean that's it so we've got a long long way to go and i think that if this push continues and let's not fool ourselves here the reason the wwe is doing this is because it's good publicity all right this is a marketing strategy they can say they're doing it for women all they want. They can push be a star and all this other all this other crap. It's marketing. Stephanie McMahon said it on her own Twitter that there's no better marketing than this kind than this kind of marketing. And so, if that ever stops and people stop caring about pushing women's equality, they're going to be like, "All right, well, you know, we have Becky and Charlotte, but who cares about pushing any new stars unless they're to challenge those two? So. 
I don't know. I would love to say that I think, you know, at one at someday it will, but let's use UFC as an example. With Ronda Rousey, women in UFC was as big as the men because the men at that time didn't have a consistent male star. Maybe Brock Lesnar, but a lot of people didn't like him because he's a jerk. But right now, women's in U- women's matches in UFC, their division is not nearly as big as the men's because the men has Conor McGregor. They have a bunch of other big stars. Where the women, they have stars, but it's not the same as that Ronda Rousey, where everyone was you know unified and behind. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'd love to say yes, but if it happens, I think it'll be decades from now. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen until, you know, our kids are in college and we don't even have kids. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a long time and we have a long way to go. But again, men's wrestling has been around for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Women's wrestling in the WWE in a major American market has been big for three. Mm-hmm. So this is all new. This is all fresh and new. So I think all we can do right now is see where it goes. So Rain, closing remarks. Is there anything you would like to add? Um, I guess for me, you know, it's not just, I guess, wrestling, women's wrestling here in our country. Cause if you, um, if you think about it, when they do that show, what's that pay-per-view called? Oh, Crown Jewel. Yeah. When did you Crown Jewel in the Middle East? It's either, you know, women can't wrestle or, you know, they would be, they would, they can wrestle, but they're wrapped in, you know, completely, like something, covered, completely the covered. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I guess culturally too, it, it, there's this, um, that's the other thing that women have to face in, in terms of um, wrestling because, you know, in, in some cultures, women are just supposed to be, you know, a certain way. Yeah. Whereas I feel like here, we're not just breaking the barriers of, you know, women want to fight or women can fight and will fight. You know, we, we're also trying to break those stereotypes too. And I think just out of it's culture. So it's not just wrestling in our lifetime. You know, we've, we've had the fighting against like making light of, or, or, uh, making jokes about male nurses, um, men who want to be, who want to teach elementary school, women in science, things that have been happening for a long, long time. Right. But we're starting to see a shift in mindset where we're starting to say, Hey, like, there's no reason to make fun of that. Why is that funny? It's not funny. Somebody wants to do something. They should be able to do it. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. So it should be the same in wrestling. And that's what we're doing. We're asking a lot of people to change their mindset and, and think about it things differently. And that's hard. It takes a lot of time to have change. Yeah, that's true. So, in closing... Dubs, social media. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah, Instagram and YouTube. It's Carol Sin, C A R O L E S E N N. What's on your YouTube? YouTube, you can find me talking about things like autism. Um, so if you want to learn more about autism and kind of some, if you don't even know what, what autism is really about, you can check us out. Um, there's some music on there. Some other stuff, just me, just talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of updated things. We need to get you on there. Yeah, soon. I'll be on there in the next week or two. Yeah. It's going to happen. And Rain, from at WWE What If, tell us where we can find you on social media. Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram at WWE What If, on Twitter at WWE underscore What If, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash WWE What If. Tell us about what we can find on your YouTube, including yeah. maybe mm-hmm. a Kelly Clark's <laughs> so on my youtube channel uh, like i mentioned earlier i started because of asuka so i have my asuka promos as her wrestling manager hopefully one day it will happen and i have my reviews uh, of wwe pay for pay-per-views and i have random karaoke stuff there and my kelly clarkson uh stint which is i requested a song and kelly clarkson sang it and she asked me why i sang the song and yeah, I have it on my YouTube page if you guys want to check it out. Finesse. I watched it. It yes. was great. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Russell Life Radio. You can find us on Twitter at Russell Life Pod. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Russell Life Matt. 
Speedups, Rain, thank you both for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It was really nice to get your insight on something that I really don't, I have an opinion, but it's nice to see what you ladies think. Because it, I was listening to you and some of the stuff that both of you were pointing out, it's like, man, as a dude, I just wouldn't think of that. So I'm really glad both of you were on. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having us as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Matt Sin for Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will see you next week with our weekend review. We will have a Royal Rumble preview, and uh, then we'll have a Royal Rumble review as well. It's going to be fun. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful day. <laughs>